0: this is the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. Hello everyone and welcome to the Theme Park Loopy Podcast. In today's episode we're going to be talking about Super Nintendo World over at Hollywood in California, which is currently in technical rehearsals. We're also going to be talking a bit more about the Galactic Star Cruiser over at Walt Disney World in Orlando. We talked about this uh, I think about a year ago and we made some predictions and we made some suggestions and it sounds like some of that is now coming to light a little bit so we're going to be talking a little bit about that as well. So I'm joined today by Dan. How are you doing Dan? Yeah,
1: I'm alright. Ready to start a brand new week tomorrow.
0: Have you got any plans for the year at the moment? We're now uh, into well into January twenty twenty three. Have you been planning anything out yet?
1: So yeah, the wife and I are cracking on with the research for our our uh, holiday later in the year to to uh, Coronado Springs in uh, in Orlando. So I think we're just trying to suss out what we do, how we spend a bit of time. Uh, it sounds like absolutely miles away, doesn't it? When you when you think oh we're we're going in October, uh, and it's it's what it's January. Uh, but you've you've got to do the planning. It's all about the research. It's part of the holiday. Um, so yeah, we're we're just cracking on trying to figure out what what will suit the kids, what will suit us, how many sort of break days we need, what holiday, uh, what uh, restaurants we need to get booked. Uh, are you are you doing the same?
0: Yeah. So now we're in the new year. I finally managed to get my wife now into watching some of the videos. we were watching the Disney food blog last night. We watched loads of those. Um, We usually like to watch a bit of Tim Tracker, maybe, Um, and some other videos as well. So I think she's starting to get into it a little bit now. And it does feel like a long way away because it is later in the year, but When I was thinking about, actually, how much money do I need to go over there, it seems to change all the time. So I kind of have a slight panic every time I think about it. So I'm trying to make sure I am thinking about it. Otherwise, uh, I won't have enough money to go. I'll just have, like, 50p or something to spend on drinks, which I I don't think will get me very far, I don't think.
1: Yeah, I think uh, just whatever you think it'll cost, maybe, like, times that by three. And then you'll probably be be more or less in the ballpark. Um, but yeah, I think uh Disney food blog, we're we're all you know, we're all over that at the moment. What I love about that channel is that she uses <laughs> the same clips over and over. So if you watch it long enough, uh like obviously the audio changes and uh, it just sort of splices in new new food clips now and then. But you can see the same clip over and over in every single video. Um and she gets away with it just because she she has such good content. Like it's almost like the video side; it doesn't really matter. It's all about her audio that makes that show. Yeah,
0: which is quite interesting because I think we always put a lot of emphasis on making sure we get the best shot and, and the right angle and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, she she kind of has like loads of different shots. So I think they were talking about uh, so they were talking about something, and then they just showed a video of expedition everest and it had nothing to do with what they were talking about i think they were talking about you know like uh, one of the hotels or something so yeah i think you do you get used to that stock footage kind of going round in circles a little bit don't you but it's it isn't as distracting as probably what you think it would be i suppose <laughs>
1: And she's got to make fresh content like literally every single day. I and mean, she can't be in the parks. That I, I think there's a, a bunch of them, aren't there? Uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's good just to get some some research planned. And yeah, we do watch a bit of Tim Tracker. Um, although, like, I don't know. I think I think I need someone more, more sarcastic and more British uh, to follow. Uh, I, I, I follow a few people, but they, obviously they're not out in the parks regularly enough to follow them. Uh, week on week uh, so if anyone knows of like a, a slightly sarcastic less optimistic person that's out in the parks i'm i'm all ears i'd love to i'd love to find someone a little bit more down to earth
0: yeah so i i started watching one um i think she used to be with all ears net and now they've got a new channel it's called mammoth club and i don't know if you've come across that yeah
1: and um yeah we watch her I, she, she's good she's she's i i i i enjoy her content I think she, she she gives better food reviews than the trackers do, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, because they, they normally they ever say some things like really amazing or they don't really give much of a description to them sometimes. Um, but yeah, I do quite like his hotel uh, reviews that he does when he kind of walks around the hotel. It does make me laugh though, because the staff must see Tim Tracker kind of wandering around the hotel, and they very quickly start to, um, you know, sweep up and kind of put things in bins and stuff like that. <laughs> they must try and make the hotel look as nice as possible for the video, perhaps. Uh, I don't know.
1: Yeah, I don't know. And I, I used to. I, and the reason I'm I'm a, a little bit more hesitant about about spending a lot of time watching. The- watching tim and 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 jen is that i used to really like the content so i'd get back from like a disney vacation and, and start sort of doing doing some uh some research by by tim's videos just going into the parks and he used to be like if he if he found something he didn't like he used to he used to say and he used to be quite open and like oh this is terrible don't do this or that food was awful uh or you know this this experience used to be loads better and he doesn't really do that anymore. Everything's really good and really nice. Or like, ah, oh, this could be a little bit better. Or they should be. You know, this 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 needs to be tweaked. Like, he, he never he never goes all out and just says he doesn't like something anymore, or very rarely does. um So I don't know. I wouldn't say I've gone off him, but like, I think uh, I think his content used to be better
0: yeah and that can be quite annoying can't are being too positive about everything um i guess it's a kind of fine line you know um because it is easy to get drawn into things being you know negative all the time you know everything's awful um but you've kind of got to get that balance with um you know being accurate about things so if you do have an opinion giving your opinion um but not being negative for the sake of it, you know. I guess so. you've got to kind of get that line. But if it does get too positive, then then it, it can get a bit annoying, can't it? So <laughs> maybe you do want something a bit more cynical. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> well, I want I want to find people that do it purely for the fun of doing it. And I, I think sometimes when I obviously there's a lot of of a lot of like career channels now. Like this is their entire life and this is their entire income, and they're not going to do or say anything that's going to you know that's going to push the boat out and potentially put them on the firing line of of bad PR within the parks. So so I'm I'm trying to sort of get a little bit further out there and find some of these more niche channels where it's still, you know, they still have a primary job. This is like a secondary channel. that's just for fun. They're the ones I want to find. So, you know, if, if you've got any, any channels along those lines, got any recommendations, anyone listening feel free to let me know because that that would be super.
0: Yeah, definitely. Let us know in the comments on Twitter or Instagram or Facebook, just uh, wherever, or send us an email. Right, okay. Well, let's talk a bit about Super Nintendo World, which has opened over at Universal Studios in Hollywood. Now, The Land is the second Super Nintendo World because uh, one opened over at Universal Studios over in Japan, I think, uh, last year. And basically what this is, is bringing Super Nintendo to life, bringing Mario to life, Luigi, Princess Peach, and all the other characters. And just looking at the land, it it looks like a kind of um, sense overload, I would say. (laughs) You wouldn't be able to have a kind of relaxing time in the land, um, I don't think. So I'd be very interested to see what kind of children's reactions are. I was I was I was thinking about you, Dan, when I was watching the videos about Super Nintendo World. I was seeing all those bright colours and the coins moving around and seeing the, you know, the shells and everything moving around. I thought, I can just imagine your children just kind of running all over the place and you kind of spending all your time just trying to keep hold of your kids.
1: Yeah it's got a, a very bold primary color look and feel doesn't it uh it's like e numbers but for the eyes and i i like it i think it's really cool um growing up with the games mario kart super you know super mario bros it's all it's all really really familiar stuff all the characters seem to be in there uh, i love the spinning coins and the little interactive bits they've got going on like they they all have uh, watches and they need to bash against things um they've got they've got quite a few like moving uh moving features in the parks like that that plant with the mouth that i can't remember what they're called uh but that that looks awesome it all looks amazing i'm sure my kids would go absolutely nuts uh m- maybe not like obviously it's bright colors so our toddler our two two-year-old would probably like it for that reason uh, but we've also got a six-year-old, and he loves the games now. Um, so I'm sure he would he would go absolutely berserk in there.
0: Yeah, I, I can imagine. Um, so at, at, at the moment, it's in technical rehearsals. So what that means is people can go to the land, you can visit it, you can do the experiences, but basically don't be surprised if things break down. I kind of feel like technical rehearsals is it's something that's used more now to avoid something getting bad press when it first opens because they could have just opened it because it was technically okay to open. It was safe and everything was done. But what they didn't want to do is get press, oh, well, the Mario Kart ride is down or this isn't working. So by labeling it as technical rehearsals for like you know a number of weeks or whatever, it kind of allows them to get some of the kinks out but also to kind of take the air out of people being able to say, well, why have you opened it? Because it's broken, kind of thing. Because you're already setting people's expectations. So that's kind of interesting. It's not really something we see over here. We sometimes see things opening, but they don't really announce it. So people might get to ride something in advance. But we don't really have technical rehearsals. That seems to be a very uh I think that's pretty much a universal term. I, I don't know if it's been used by Disney or not, but but potentially.
1: It feels like it would be very, very disney like to to re- release a product which wasn't wasn't fully polished, because that's that sort of that that is the Disney approach. It's, it's making sure the experience is is fine-tuned and honed before it's it's out there in the world. It feels a little bit like I, I my my day job is 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 software software development and website development. It feels a little bit like what google do like when they released gmail and it was in beta for half a decade like it's it's out there it's in the world but yeah don't give me any bad pr because it's it's still in beta in fact a lot of games do it now as well don't they oh it's it's in beta uh feel free to pay full price uh, but but you know you can't you can't leave bad reviews because it's still still a beta product. Yeah,
0: don't get me started on that one. <laughs> I think some games have been in beta for about four years. I mean, just look at Fallout for example. It's only just started getting good now. Um, right, so so you enter through the green pipe. I'm not sure what the, if the green pipe has a particular name or not, but that's how you enter into the land. And then basically, it's surrounding you. All you can see is the super nintendo land it's kind of like almost being inside a kind of nintendo laden cavern almost and the sight lines are the land we were saying before we started the recording that it looks v- quite small i mean um I'd imagine what it is, is that the area that you can see is potentially quite small on the sight lines, but there's probably the show buildings behind it that you can't quite see. So I wouldn't be surprised if the footprint is, you know, reasonably large, but actually the area that you can access and you kind of experience isn't actually that big.
1: Yeah. Keep in mind though, the, the VR, um, ride also looks to be underground as well. It, from, from the video I saw people were going downstairs. So I wonder if some of the experience isn't even sort of something you can see above above ground. So I'm not sure, you know, if if there's some of that as well that, that come come into into play. Yeah,
0: and and we're saying like the ride that's opened with the technical rehearsal is the uh, Mario Kart ride. I think it's called Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. I think, which is interesting because I wonder if they're going to change it up. Sometimes maybe it'll be you know Warriors Challenge or <laughs> something like that. I don't know. But what was quite interesting is that, um, the Mario Kart ride seems to be a mixture of practical effects, but also augmented reality as well. So people were wearing, um, glasses were they or like headbands that had kind of glasses, but you can see through the glasses. Um, but it looks like there were augmented reality elements as part of the ride and on the video. I saw, yeah i saw I, it looked like they were going on the rainbow road but that looked to be mainly practical so it looked pretty interesting
1: i think that's it because universal do do a lot of of these kind of rides where it's 3d or this you know there's some some clever logic behind it they, they they tend to avoid a lot having loads and loads of roller coasters in the parks and they have loads of these these sort of technological experiences and some of them are really cool and really unique. Uh, and I think that that this is a good call. Actually, I think it, it suits the, the 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 ride quite well, having a, an augmented reality element to it. And I don't think that there's a lot of rides that do VR, but I I, I don't know of any that really do augmented reality. Do, do you know? Is is this, is this unique to this ride, or is this something that they've they've used elsewhere and, and brought in?
0: I can't think of an augmented reality ride, but I wouldn't be surprised if there are more of them. I mean, obviously the Mario Kart ride over in Japan, presumably is the same. Um, But no, I I can't think of any that come to mind. Not any that do it well, anyway. Um, I feel like if this ride had been a VR experience, I think people would have kicked off big time. (laughs) Because I think Universal Studios, Universal in general, are getting a bit of a bad rap of relying on you know 3D elements, you know, having big screens or having VR headsets or whatever. So this seems like a really good advancement, and hopefully, this is the future of rides. I do wonder slightly though, because I really struggle with VR with my eyes. Um, I I really hurts my eyes. Does um, seeing 3D, so I don't know if this augmented reality will feel different or not. But I guess I'll just have to see. I don't know
1: yeah i guess th- this is the issue with with vr that well there's two big issues one is that a lot of people get eye strain um another is the field of view is quite narrow for for a lot of devices uh but also a lot of people get motion sick don't they because it's not rooted in reality so i wonder if augmented reality gets around some of these issues because i've I've not given it a try it's not um something that you can you can buy and bring home really at the moment um so I, I i'd be really curious to give it a go unfortunately i don't think there's any rides in the uk where i could test it so who, who knows it maybe wait a few years and see what opens
0: yeah and and this is another point that um Originally, it was believed that the Super Nintendo world was gonna open at Universal Studios in Orlando, and they'd cleared oh well, they'd put fences around the woody woodpecker area at the top. There were some rumors that they were gonna close the e t ride maybe, and so Super Nintendo World was gonna go there since they bought the land and got the permissions and started on Epic Universe. it's now clear as far as we can see, that Super Nintendo World will be coming to the Epic Universe. So I feel like um, I'm probably more likely to go to Epic Universe and potentially go out to Hollywood sooner rather than later, although we are planning to go to Japan next year, which means that I may well experience it in Japan first. So I guess we'll just have to see what comes first, maybe.
1: I bet the Japan version will be better anyway. So I, to be honest, I reckon that would be a that would be a much better call than going all the way across to the west coast of America. Uh, every every video I've seen of any Japanese park looks amazing. I was just checking out the the website for uh, Super Nintendo World, and I went to uh, what I thought was the 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 new website for the for the west coast version. I was like, this is an amazing website. They've done a really fantastic job of this. And then I noticed it was actually for the Japanese version. And then I found the American version and it was rubbish. So every single time I compare the Japanese experience with the, the American or UK experience, the Japanese experience comes out top. So yeah, I, if, if you go to Japan next year, take loads of footage i'll be I'll be well jealous
0: yeah i think i think um i think you're probably right there and also we want to go to the studio ghibli park that they've opened and they'll be expanding um hopefully by the time we go as well um the other thing i wanted to mention is that it looks like they have these uh, power up bands uh, which allows you to interact with the scenery um and to use your mobile phone to sort of um i don't know if you can win prizes but you certainly get points and things I thought this was interesting. Actually, it seems to be this is uniquely a universal thing where this, they're now introducing interactive elements that are specific to a particular land. So, when you look at the Wizarding World, for example, obviously you can get your wand, can't you? Um, now you're looking at Super Nintendo World. You're going to get an, a band. I'm just thinking how how far can this go? Because if you're unless you're someone who visits the parks all the time. You know if you went with your kids for example you're gonna have to get the wand you're gonna have to get the band what else are you gonna have to get at least at disney it looks like they're putting all their hopes into the kind of magic band plus for the interactive elements by the looks of it so i wanted to know what you thought about that especially from a family perspective because you're gonna have that pester power from the kids what what do you think
1: yeah it's it's a good question because obviously disney have uh their the magic bands and they've got the new magic bands as well which are are more and have some some light-up effects and some interactions i know with with universal volcano bay they also had the the wrist things as well i can't remember what they were what they were called um but when we went and and sort of experienced volcano bay it was brand new and the wrist thing just it was barely working and it was all it was all terrible, but I'm 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 told that it's better now. I think they, they can be a good experience, you know, they can they can help they can help guests have a, a good time and I think they can they can help guest management from the park's point of view as well. So they can try and control crowds going to certain rides at certain times and stuff. So I think they can be rolled out well, and I think it can be a win-win situation. But if it goes wrong, uh, like it did at Universal Universal's Volcano Bay, it, it can be an absolute nightmare because you basically you couldn't queue; you had to use the band system, uh, and then you had to to wait and and go when you, your band let you know the time was the time was now to to go on your water ride, and like everything was an hour and a half, two hours to get on a ride. And then you'd go on a ride, and then you'd end queuing anyway, and it was just a terrible experience. So done right, it can be good. Done badly, it can be detrimental to everyone. And I don't think we've we're, we're probably not going back to it to, to Volcano Bay next time because we had such a, a bad experience the first time because of their risk based system. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I'm mixed, basically.
0: Yeah. So I think that's that's to be seen, really. Um... But I do wonder whether I can buy every different interactive type of thing, especially when you're paying like $60 a time or something.
1: I was just going to say, especially it's it's a bit ironic when everyone's giving you paper straws to, to cut down on plastic, but then equally forcing you to to use one-off armbands and interactive experiences that you're just going to realistically chuck when you leave leave the park
0: yeah and i didn't see how much the wristbands cost but if the, if the cost like the magic bands do then you're you talking about sort of between 25 to 30 dollars aren't you so maybe they'll be cheaper than the ones perhaps but um it's still quite expensive and also they'll they'll have no doubt a battery in them that only lasts for like two years that you can't possibly change <laughs> so you'd have to like buy one every time basically
1: do you, do you know if you can use an app for your phone? Because I know some sometimes you can either use an app for your phone or use an optional, you know, paid for extra, extra product from from the park. I'm not sure if that's an option here.
0: So I believe so. I believe that you you pay for the wristbands. I think they're in the store, and then it's just optional for you to interact with the scenery. So you do get an app, but I don't know if you can just use your phone to interact with the scenery because what you're actually doing is physically touching some of the elements and you you require the band to physically touch you know like the uh the boxes and things that you can touch them and get points from them and things like that you need to physically have the band there so it's optional you don't need it to go on the rise or anything but if you want to interact with the scenery then you do kind of need the band as well so it does kind of look that way that you need the band as far as i can tell if you want to do that
1: yeah yeah well i i guess if you're if you're up for that and you want to get a few coins and the experience that's that's fine it's not not horrendously expensive although if, i guess if you've got four kids and that actually does does build up quite quite quick and the one thing i do like about the the wand system in in universal in, in that sort of the harry potter area is it's really optional like you don't have to do it you can still have an amazing time in that in that area without having the optional extra wand to interact with things around you. And actually, I went to uh, Ollivander's and got got one of the posh uh, wands because I thought they looked amazing, and I wanted the experience. And they don't even have the interactive features, so I still didn't get to to play with the, the things. Oh, the well, I, I
0: had to buy an interactive one because my wife is a massive Harry Potter fan, so <laughs> there was no choice. I think what was the... What was the best bit is we didn't actually realize there was a Nocturne Alley. So we <laughs> we ended up wandering around and we went to Nocturne Alley. And I think people forget about that, that you can use the ones in some of the windows down Nocturne Alley. So that was quite good. So, um, yeah, we didn't have a choice. And I have a feeling that when we go later this year that I won't have a choice but to buy another one, most likely. So we'll just have to see.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure. Is there a way to check the batteries in those? In fact, can you replace the batteries? Not that I'm aware of, but um,
0: it's probably it's probably possible. But the problem is with a lot of things these days is they tend to glue things rather than screw things in, don't they? So you have to kind of pull them apart, and then you've basically broken it. So um, I might take it out of interest just to see just to see if it works. But um, you never know, you never know. But we'll we'll see. Um, yeah. I-
1: I'd I'd give it a go just out of curiosity. Um, and speaking of which, actually, I, I got um, you know in the um, Star Wars area in Hollywood Studio, you can you can build your lightsaber yeah. and go through that amazing experience. So I I did that, and that's another another sort of use case of these things you can buy to enhance an area. Um, and that that was that was good fun, but like really expensive. But that was a good example of like it really was optional and didn't really matter you could still have an amazing day and not have done that it's just a nice little upsell so i think to me that's that's a good experience i I enjoy it when it is actually and i think it is but i think the problem is is that
0: hollywood the land is quite small it's currently really the main ride you know it's a mario kart ride that really is the only sort of ride there at the moment pretty much um so really if you're not going to get the wristband what else are you going to do? Other than kind of interact um, with some of the characters, and and that's the final thing I wanted to cover. Really, is the characters we we saw. They've got certainly Luigi, Mario, Princess Peach, but um, we were saying before the podcast that it's kind of weird that the mouths can, can kind of move. Um, and that's kind of unique. Um, I've I think I might have seen characters with mouths moving before, but it kind of freaked me out a little bit. <laughs> do you, Do you think that? See, I've got a nephew who I'm pretty sure would be terrified of a character with a moving mouth. So <laughs> I don't know what you thought of that. Or what What kind of reaction you might get from the kids?
1: I my my instant reaction was that's really cool because uh, I've I've sort of thought that the character like ha- having characters that can't can't talk and can't interact other than you know through their arms and through motion it is and don't get me wrong the 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 people the actors inside you know um Pooh and you know uh mickey mouse and and minnie and they, they do an amazing job of communicating what they're what they're wanting to communicate to kids and to adults uh they've got some fantastic you know ways of 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 demonstrating things very rapidly and very intuitively to to let people know what they're 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 thinking but uh, to have actual you know working mouths i'm assuming it's just all uh, like a handful of pre-recorded lines at the moment but i think that that is definitely the future like having having characters you can actually speak to seems to me to be a good step forwards it is i i see what you mean it it does look a little bit freaky because we're not used to it uh, and it looks like you're actually speaking to sort of a, a fictional cartoon character in real life. It's a really weird, I, I don't know, a really weird initial thing to to, to 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 do and to interact with. But I think give it another five or ten years and people will be really used to it. Yeah, I, I think I think it's cool. Um, I, I think my kids will probably be happy. I think it's it's more of a shock to us as adults having experienced parks with with mute characters our entire lives to to see characters with moving moving mouths is is unique. Yeah, that, really. that's
0: that's probably it. That's probably it. Um but yeah, so so apart from those attractions there is also the Toadstool Cafe which seems to have a selection of brightly colored probably really expensive food items it looks like the windows um you don't kind of look out into the land it's actually like animated as if you're looking into you know the super nintendo world so that looks quite interesting but i don't i don't know i'm not sure if the food is going to be particularly you know great it's probably going to be more novelty than it is anything else i think
1: Yeah, I haven't haven't looked at uh, it in too much detail, but from from the YouTube videos I've watched, everyone seems quite happy with the food, actually, and it does look quite... Obviously, there's a huge... Like, it's a novelty cake with every single primary colour, like, inserted into a cake, and, like, there's a Mario stepping cake, and that looked really cool. Uh, But, yeah, I I think it was supposed to taste all right as well, so I think they've done a pretty good job. And I, I know that, like, in some parks where they've introduced new foods, like... Again, the Star Wars area in in Hollywood Studios when they introduced those, uh, all, all the food and drink there it was quite controversial because they didn't at first they didn't name it after what it was so like they just gave it a made up name and it was actually chicken or something like breaded chicken was called something completely mad, and then people didn't really know what they were buying and then they were like being served like foods which were the, the wrong color and they didn't really identify with them and, and understand what they were consuming, and that was problematic, and I know that like the whole green and uh and and uh blue milk tobacco and people not liking it and it being this this whole topic of you know it shouldn't be sweet it's a milk what what's going on like i think i think as far as as they could do you know they they needed tasty colorful bright food that fitted the theme of the park they seem to have nailed that one so from the outside you know initially it looks it i feel
0: like if I know. had a meal in there I would have to go home and have a bath of broccoli i think <laughs> in order to wash away or wash away the food coloring and uh, my sins. Okay. So let's move on then to the Galactic star cruiser over at Walt Disney world in Orlando. So over the last couple of weeks, we've seen uh, reports that Disney have started to cancel certain cruises because they've been uh, under capacity. We've seen some cruises go ahead. that have been at 25% capacity Uh, the the ones that have been cancelled have been the people have been contacted and they've been asked if they want to move it to another time and i think they've been given a 50 percent discount to move it to another time and there's been quite a few that have been cancelled and over summer as well which is you know quite odd because you would have thought that the Walt Disney World would be doing pretty well during the summer. Um also it looks like they've started to offer discounts now for people staying on site. So I think we, we talked about this last year and one of our suggestions was that for a UK guest, probably staying at the Galactic Star Cruiser was just unattainable really because we're not going to travel nine hours to Orlando and then to go on the Galactic Star Cruiser you know spend five grand on it and then go home you know three days later we're not going to do that so our suggestion I think at the time was that well how about to do some sort of offer so that you can be in your hotel and then maybe at a bit of a discounted rate. You could then go on the Galactic Star Cruiser and then either go back to your hotel or tag it on at the beginning or at the end. And it looks like they started doing that. So dependent on the hotel that you're staying in, they're offering discounts. I think the least amount they give is $150 off if you stay in that Coronado Springs. But I think if you are staying at a deluxe resort, I think it's like $350, something like that. To me, it's not a big enough discount. I think, for UK guests, I don't think that'll be tempting for $150 off however many thousand pounds it would cost, you know, for a family to go on a on a Star Cruise. But if it was discounted a bit more heavily than that, you know, then maybe maybe it'd be tempting. I was watching a video where it was criticized, the the discounts were criticized because I was saying, well, surely people are just going to go to Disney World and then they're going to go on the Galactic Star cruiser and then they're going to go home. Well Maybe that makes sense for someone who lives in Florida or maybe even lives in Georgia or somewhere else. Um, but for someone traveling from Europe or from the UK, then um, it makes a lot of sense because I, I don't think there's anybody from the UK who's going to go on the Galactic Star Cruiser and then come home. That I mean, unless you had a lot of money, then I don't think you'd be doing that. And even then, if you had a lot of money, I don't think you'd do it anyway because you would probably still stay wouldn't you because your kids would be saying well why have we come to walt disney world and i'm not going to to do something else other than do the star wars stuff um so i was interested in in your take on this because i know you had quite a, a big opinion on this about you know it's something you'd quite like to do but it seems kind of unattainable do you think disney are going in the right direction have they got the right ideas with this one
1: yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm really mixed on the Galactic Star line. I think, the, as as you well know, my my main issue is that the theme for me is wrong. It should be classic Star Wars because that's who's you know, we're we're the type of people who would, who would be willing to spend the money. We're a little bit older. We 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 have careers, and as a result, we're we're the people with the spending power. But they're targeting kids. And I'm not going to spend, you know, five, six, seven thousand pounds because my child has seen a Star Wars film they like. I will do it if, you know, if if I've spent my entire life being obsessed with something like classic Star Wars, you know. It's, so they need to appeal to me, and they haven't done really um, to to give it sort of its it it's. I'm not I'm not saying the whole thing is wrong. I think the some of the ideas behind it are really good. Like to go into um a a fake star cruiser and see space from out the window and interact with characters and it basically be a star wars themed cruise line i think that's a really interesting idea but i just it's it's way too expensive and if they'd if they'd had as you as you've said with the upsells i know that they're trying to introduce upsells now but they needed to be cheaper and they needed to be more proactive with it so when we booked our holiday uh Through Virgin, you know if they had like a little box on the end for you know uh 2,000 pounds more, you could have uh you know uh, a day and a night or something for the entire family and we'd move your baggage and you wouldn't have to worry about that and you could experience this amazing this amazing thing, and then we'd give you some some free fast passes to all the cool star Wars rides if if it if they'd done that then i'd be sold on it even with the wrong theming but it's 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 loads more than that even with the discounts do, do you how how much is it now do you do you have the, like, the latest No pricing? i'm not
0: sure exactly but i think we were talking around the $5000 kind of mark it was uh, for a family of 4 so it's quite, quite expensive. So even like, yeah. you know, $150 off $5,000 or something is, uh, it's not tempting. It's not wetting my appetite, I guess you could say.
1: It, it's more than double basically what I, th- I think I'd be comfortable to spend. And even then it would be like a luxury extra that I'd do like a once and done. Like it, it would, it would be nice to have done the experience. It'd be nice to talk about it with friends and, you know, show you some video footage and that that sort of thing. I'd, I'd be willing to spend a little bit of money to do that, but I'm not going to spend no one. No one in their right mind is going to spend five grand unless they've got absolutely unless they're, they're sort of ducktails, swimming in cash, kind of kind of wealthy. Um, and actually, saying that, I, I do have a couple of friends who who flew in from Australia where they live and have done it uh, a couple of months ago, and they said they really enjoyed it, but they don't have kids. And, you know, if, you, if you're if you not paying for extra heads for kids and you're not having to worry about, you know, getting to bed early and, and making sure the kids are, are well slept, then, then maybe there's a bit more value proposition in there. But I, I'm not going to pay almost adult prices for a really luxurious experience that only lasts a couple of days that could basically fund an entire holiday anywhere. You know, I could fly to Spain and have a fully-fledged 15 day vacation for the price they're asking for this star cruiser, I'd do that. And I think most people in the UK probably would do. And to be blunt, although I, you know, I I want, I want this experience to change and do better and be more affordable and to to carry on. I think that would be the best, best situation, but unless they make radical changes, I don't see it lasting. I think, you know, a lot of people right now are feeling a little bit more financial strain. They have done in recent years, and I think that if if people continue not to go to go on this experience, then it, it's probably going to be a victim of, of of its pricing, and I think it probably won't last the next few years and, unless they make some pretty radical changes to to the pricing. To the yeah, and that
0: seems to be the consensus. Seems to be that it's actually a really good experience; people are enjoying it, but it should be about half the price of, of what it is, which is a massive discount, but. There must be a way of doing it, surely. Um, I don't know if that means, you know, having slightly less actors, uh, having more people, or I, I don't know, having different things, where the, you know, optional extras, maybe. Um, I, I don't know what the answer is, but I, I just think that it's one of those things where I would have thought, if you've done it once, then are you going to do it again? Probably not or at least not for a while you're not going to do it every single time you go and for people from the UK it just doesn't make any financial sense at all so once you've gone through that domestic market of people who are willing to do it and do do it once you've got to the end of that what's happening with your international guests i, I i'd love to see the numbers to understand what in which international guests and in what numbers are going to the galactic star cruisers but i would be very surprised if there's a lot of people doing it um other than people who have a lot of money and and that's only going to be a small percentage and like you say we've got the cost of living crisis at the moment all this kind of stuff to think about it's already a very expensive holiday as it stands does it make sense to add another you know 4000 dollars or whatever onto it you know probably not so yeah, so well, let's see what happens. Hopefully there'll be more discounts. Hopefully they can bring it down in in price. I kind of, I like the idea of it. Like you, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really mean anything to me as an experience because it's not something I'm, the Star Wars version that they're presenting isn't one that I'm familiar with really. So I'm not really that invested in it. So let's just see what happens but if you have been to the galactic star cruiser and you enjoyed it and you think it's worth the money and it's something and it's something that you've done uh traveling from the uk then let us know about it i'd be really interested in your experience and your opinion if it's uh different to ours
1: yeah and and just to i to, to really hit home the message that the two friends that did go on that experience recently they said it was amazing the food was amazing the guest experience was amazing you know it was all brilliantly new and clean and you know really well maintained and they, they had loads and loads of fun but they're both doctors they're both in australia and the, the reason they they live in australia is because they, they're paid really well as doctors and they don't have any kids so i i think there's there's definitely people out there who would who would be bowled over by the experience there's, there's definitely people right now who that experience resonates with it's just that, that isn't me. It's not resonating with me. It's not, it's not something that I'm actively invested in. And I think in order for that to happen, they, they need, they need to come up with a, with a fresh idea. They need to re-theme or do something that, that makes me excited to want to do it.
0: Yeah, I, I would agree with that. So let's uh, wrap it up there then. Um, thanks for joining us, Dan. Hope you've had a a good time chatting all things Super Mario World and Galactic Star Cruiser again. Feels like we're constantly talking about the Galactic Star Cruiser, but it seems to be a story that constantly evolves. So thanks for joining us.
1: It's as always. It's lovely to to be on Ryan, and and hopefully yeah, we'll we'll catch up again shortly. And uh, hopefully in the meantime, Tron might open at some point quite quite soon. I've, I've got my uh, I've I've keeping my eyes eyes peeled on on Orlando waiting for that yeah to, definitely to and I
0: think in a future episode we'll cover a bit of that um, we started recording our going to Orlando series now which will be a series by theme park Loopy um, we're going to be uh, recording another episode soon um, we've already we covered in the first episode we're covering uh, where to stay. We're gonna cover in uh where to eat. Uh we're gonna do some deep dives in some of the parks. So Dan, I think you're gonna be joining us for, for those episodes, I believe.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to Coronado Springs. It's keeping me going during these long winters <laughs> nights.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it well it gives you something to look forward to today. I, I always say it's good to have something to look forward to something to get excited about. The only problem is it's just getting more and more expensive every day. And it kind of gives me this creeping dread (laughs) also. So I'm really excited about it, but I'm also thinking, but oh my God, but how much money am I going to have to spend on just being able to eat for two weeks? I don't know.
1: Well, the, the trick is, I mean, they don't have the NHS in, in America, do they? They they have a really expensive healthcare system. So I'm sure your kidney holds a huge amount of value. So just go uh, a month early, sell a kidney, and then splurge. Problem, <laughs> yeah. problem solved.
0: Yeah, yeah. Maybe that could be an option, yeah, perhaps. Okay, all right. Well, let's end it there then. So thanks for joining us, Dan. Uh, it's a, another great episode. If you want to find us, you can find us on Facebook, on Twitter, on Instagram, Make sure you give us a follow or a subscribe on the platform that you listen to this podcast on. So thanks for joining us. And in the meantime, we'll see you again real soon.